0: Welcome to the 24 Stories podcast that aims to educate, inspire and help build brands. I'm your host, Stephen Ryan, founder of 24 Stories, and I'll be joined each week by guests from a variety of industries here to tell you how they built their brands. Welcome to episode 18 of the 24 Stories podcast. This week, we're looking at branding and promotions, and I'm delighted to be joined by Michelle Johnson of ASA Marketing.
1: Hi Stephen. Thanks a Million for having me today. De- Delighted.
0: Delighted to have you. I suppose we're we're all about talking about building brands in this this podcast. I'd imagine you've had a life of building brands. You must have grown up with marketing surrounding you because am I right in saying the family set up the business in the early eighties?
1: Yes, yeah. Um my dad um and mum set up the business in mid eighties and originally dad was working in marketing and sales yeah. and uh so has always been interested in marketing. Yeah. And uh, I was about 10 or 11 when the business started. So it's definitely in my veins.
0: <laughs> so that must have been uh, an exciting time in the house, was it? Dad is open and mom, they're opening a new business. And Well, it's funny or because... can you we, remember it? I can't
1: really remember. Yeah. Other than they did have an office in our playroom. Okay. And then every so often meetings would happen in, yeah. in the house. So the front room would be used and, and we were selling... They were selling, I suppose, display systems and panels and things. So they would have to be constructed in the front room for someone to come in and have a look at them. So I do but remember that.
0: Is that how it started? Marketing material more so than Yes, products? it
1: was because A had come from the motor industry. Yeah. Um, it was selling promotional aids for the um, showrooms. Okay. So it was turntables and uh, they were doing... Um, different mechanical bits for engines and things as well. Yeah. Um, and then looked at the display panels and signs to go on the top of the cars for, yeah. with, you know, offer of the week or whatever. Yeah. And then it was a case of when they were in that, then it was, well, do you do any keyrings? Do you do stickers? Do you do that type of merchandise that the dealers would need?
0: So then they went and so sourced those products? Went or? and
1: sourced them, yeah, um, with great difficulty and yeah. uh, went and tried to build up, I suppose, a supplier network, which was hard because they were traveling over to Germany to exhibitions and to yeah. the u k and the lots of stories of suppliers were still dealing with, but in terms of trying to get in the door at the start of this small Irish company, you know no one wanted to talk to them and There was no internet at the time, yeah, so you had to physically go yeah. and knock
0: on the door and um, so yeah, it was the, they had great tenacity so did you build up a kind of um an awareness of marketing as you went through secondary school and or was it just, no, that's something mom and dad does. I don't really care. Like.
1: Well, I suppose we were always into logos and recognizing logos and brands. Yeah. And it was, I suppose, a conversation around the table. And yeah. uh, even, I mean, dad was working for Ford. So that was a big company. And, uh, you know, the Ford logo, the cars, we were always looking at different types of cars and spotting them. And, you know, it was uh, and he was involved in launching new cars. So he would be away. They were doing the Fiesta launch and the down in Kerry and he was, yeah. you know, always involved in that. So it was, uh, yeah, brands uh, were And was that
0: thing. when Ford were still producing cars in Cork as well yes. in the 70s yes. you know, and yeah. so on?
1: Yeah, so he started his career here and moved to Cork um, from Dublin um, cool. and worked with them for 20 years. Whoa. And then they were, supposed suppose, uh, making people redundant, closing the factory. And yeah. so he went for, opted for a voluntary redundancy then to set up the business himself.
0: So he took his learnings so from probably one of the greatest brands in the world in the 70s and so on, Ford and and Mm. the whole legacy of Henry Ford. He probably took that into his own business in many ways. Well,
1: he did. And uh, I mean, he would be very proud of that tradition and that connection because um, his uh, grandparents had a garage in in, uh, Castle Bar in 1904, I think. So he was one of the first, they were one of the first Ford dealers. So he would say Ford was in our veins our whole life, really. Um, and uh, and we were working with Ford and doing all of their database marketing and management up to 2020. Um, oh. So they were a massive part of our business for so they, over 30 yeah, years. So they,
0: they stuck with you through all that period as well. They
1: did, because they effectively outsourced all of their marketing. We managed to still service the Irish market because... It was the addresses were a little bit different. It was more difficult to do it automated. Yeah. So there was always a we always had a person reviewing the addresses, names, and addresses. The the business end, end of it was always was always big for me. And yeah. even in, in school doing uh young enterprise and being, you know, in the in the bank, I was yeah. the assistant manager in the school bank. And yeah. that the,
0: business was pulling you back in was, all the time. It was, yeah.
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So, so, did did you go in and do another type of course then to get back into the business game or
1: no? What I did then was I travelled for a year with an international organisation called Up with People. Okay, I don't know if you've ever heard no, of Up no, with People. No, I haven't. And they came to Cork a couple of times in the eighties, yeah. and uh, Mom answered an ad looking for host families, so we hosted um, three times in Cork. Yeah. So it was a performing arts group, effectively, but a mix of students from all over the world. Yeah, over a hundred and fifty students, and they travelled for a year do a performance arts show and also do community service everywhere they visit. Yeah. And a big part then is staying with host families. So for that 1995, I travelled uh, with,
0: up with people for the year. Fantastic experience. It's Brilliant. There, it?
1: As my friend said, we were gone off to the circus for a year.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and that you performed stage, in different places.
1: Yeah, we performed. We, um, well, I stayed with 67 host families Whoa. during the year. So each of those locations, we had a show. In what but, kind of countries? Uh well, we were all over the states yeah. and Europe. Um, some tours got to go to different countries, but mm. we had um we were all over the states, and we did five or six countries in
0: Europe. And when you say performing, what kind of performance?
1: Well, it was a mixed a mixed show, uh, lots of music, dancing, yeah. and um, I suppose promoting just peace and understanding. That yeah. sounds really corny now, yeah. but yeah. it was the idea behind it when um. Mr. Belk set it up in the, in the 60s was that if, if he could get people from different races and nationalities and countries together
0: yeah.
1: as young people, that they could live together and they could work together and perform together, yeah. then there's no reason why there can't be peace in the world. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the overall vision yes. for it. So there weren't that many Irish people that, that travelled with yeah. it. So, I mean, what was interesting was the combination of different people and I'd never really been away a summer in the States Yeah. during college. I'd never really been away. So it was massive. I headed off on my own over to Denver Woof. in the States and met 150 new people over there.
0: Very progressive thinking though from him. Like if you think about it, like that's kind of the stuff a lot of people try and achieve today. Absolutely. Is bringing people together. But, you know, he was doing it then.
1: And the organization is still going. It's yeah. morphed into different things, but yeah. it's it's still going. And we had in 2019, we had a European alumni meeting in Ennis. Um, 200 people came to Ennis for a weekend oh. and uh, the environment and that sort of energy and synergy is fab. And but did you build up friendships from that,
0: that kind of stayed or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. I'm thinking now that um, my daughter's at the, she's uh, almost 16 and she, yeah. she wants to do a, a French exchange next yeah. year. So yeah. I'm thinking, OK. You know, tap in. It's We're all about in networks, in. isn't it? Yeah, it
0: is. It's all about the people you meet along the road. as they It say. is. Yeah. It
1: is. And uh, but the big part of Up With People for me then was getting into the PR and marketing end of it and merchandising. Yes. Um, you know, we sold merchandise at the show. And so I got involved in that. And then we had for every um, city we visited, we had to send in an advanced PR team to set up the city, sell tickets for the show, promote the show, yeah. find host families the cast organize Whoa. the schedule for them yeah. for the two or three days while they were there. Yeah. So I did that. I had three opportunities to do that during the year.
0: Really exciting. More than so than the singing yeah. and dancing for me. That was the. That was your. That was, that was your access thing. Into it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So when you came back from that, then did you go into the family business or, or what, what? happened?
1: I did. I came back to Cork, um, the beginning of '96, and worked in Cork for a couple of months, and then decided with mum and dad that probably would be a good idea to go to Dublin yeah. Um, we had an office uh, like the business was in Dublin for um, for years so I went up there then to work for um, the general manager at the time and we had a team of uh, I think about seven in Dublin and so I got involved in the direct marketing side yeah. and then got involved in the promotional merchandise and building up my own client base and going out and repping Effectively. Yeah. And it was great, actually, because it was just me. It, it was me as opposed to the daughter. Yes. So I was, was able good to. good to get out
0: of Cork, maybe, it and go to really, Dublin. It was really yeah. good.
1: And to be fair, that was A and Judith you know, it was their vision for me, was yeah. to go and get my own experience and not just be in under them all yeah. the time. Yeah. So it it really was great. And I spent 10 years in Dublin. Wow. Um, and while I was up there, then my sister joined the business in 2003. and She's still in Dublin.
0: Oh, she never came back
1: she never came back no she married up there and she's still there
0: and when you say direct marketing are you talking about print leaflet drops like most what? of
1: it was connected with the databases okay. so we were doing uh, we were doing the um the design mm. and uh concept for companies yeah. and um printing and doing all the database work and then actually doing the packing we were doing it all in house in cork yeah. and uh, sending it out yeah, so we did. So team. people
0: would receive brochures or maybe merchandise or something like that. It,
1: it was mainly brochures, yeah. And um, I mean, because we we did a lot of work for Ford, it was uh, sending out mailings on behalf of the dealers for their uh, loyalty. Twenty four months yeah. after you bought a car, you'd get a letter out. And
0: it's interesting because maybe some of the younger listeners to this podcast probably don't realize, but there was a time whereby companies to retain business. Brochure was the was the key ingredient. Like very few businesses had a website in the late nineties, early two thousands. It wasn't even thought of really. No, email sure. marketing wasn't really out because not everyone had an email address.
1: No, I mean I remember actually when I travelled in up with people in ninety five. Yeah, uh, I never heard of email. Yeah, before I went, and there was one of the girls from the states had an email address, and she used to correspond with her mum on email every couple of days because she yeah. had a I don't know she must have had some sort of a laptop. Yes. And it was in that year when I came back then, people were talking about email. But at that stage, there was one email for the whole company.
0: Yeah. And it was usually near net or something. It like was. That. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it was, and not everybody had it and you yeah. certainly couldn't rely on it. So, I mean, it was all facts. Mm. And we were doing all our proofing on facts. Mad. Yeah. It is mad when you think about it.
0: Yeah. But I, like basically what you were doing was nearly sending a whole websites to people. If, if you think about mm-hmm. the brochures you know especially a, a, a car company yeah you know like they'd have all the specs and
1: they would absolutely the colors available yeah. and yeah. the different uh, types of car yeah
0: as a business you, you obviously had to kind of look at that whole area as as i suppose time moved on you kind of need needed to diversify into other things like or maybe concentrate more on the promotional products because that must have started dying off
1: well, it didn't actually, because didn't we it? we actually had both sides and we still have both sides, have if you it? like. Yeah, yeah. So um, the merchandising side has developed and the type of clients yes. we have have developed over time. But on the marketing side, so, OK, GDPR had a big impact and a lot of companies, I suppose, lost faith in the databases. It was starting to, yes. digital marketing yeah. was starting to take over. Yeah. But there were still companies who were, posting out mailings um, yeah. and say a lot of the charities still do it. They yeah. still do direct mail and it's very effective because you can measure the results if you put in, if you put something in the envelope and you want a call to action, yeah. you can measure that call to action. Yeah. I suppose for the dealers it was how many, you know, the footfall into the dealership on their yeah. open week. Yeah. Um, how many cars they sold, obviously. Yeah. So they were doing, you know, um, and then for the charities it was donations and it was people coming back looking yeah. for, for information. But because we were so into databases, we mm. moved databases then online. Okay. And um, we have a fleet management database, a system called Four Fleets. Um, and we've been working with the emergency services for over uh, 12 years now. Um, effectively, all the service and maintenance of their vehicles goes through our online system.
0: That sounds very different to, I suppose, ASA marketing. It's, it's a pure database
1: yeah uh, it it company. is effectively um it effectively it is it's a software development company so yeah. we're we we were always i suppose developing software as people came in you know yeah. we have a a dental system so we had dentists were interested in moving from paper to online yeah. um so we helped them get their database online yeah. and then do appointment setting and calendars and things like that yeah. um and uh, on our own internal IT system we have a system called Oasis So we always had uh, a system, but it was, I suppose, started off in DOS and then moved to Access and now is online. Um, And so we developed all of that in-house. So we process all our quotes and orders and uh, invoices and everything online. And then the uh, fleet management side came out of a request from a client. Solving problems is what we do. People come to us and say, I wonder would you be able to help me with this? So, you know, finding solutions for people. The fleet management system was born out of that. And in, in 2012, we split the company into two different entities. And now we're marketing both entities separately because they're very different. And we're finding it's if you're dealing with us on the fleet management software side, it's difficult to get your head around how we could also be yeah. dealing in merchandise. Yes. So we have a different team on both sides of the business now. Um,
0: Sitting in the same office or? Well, they're all sitting at home at the moment, but
1: um, yeah, I mean, the IT team are, the IT do the support for ASA, but they are, you know, the developers are working on on, uh, four fleets all the time.
0: So when you came back to Cork, did you go straight in a CEO or did you kind of?
1: No, I worked my way up. I I worked in, um, I worked in sales for a long time on the promotional side. And then, the account management of the direct mail, so I took o- I took over some of those clients and built my way up. Then I was deputy managing director for a while, and in 2015, then the CEO position came up. So um, moved so into that. So did he
0: move away from the business, or was he gone from the business at that point? No,
1: I mean he's still in the business, yeah. and um, but m- was moving away from the day to day. Yes, the day to day stuff and kind of concentrating on the strategic and yeah. and also look concentrating on four fleets and yeah. the software side of
0: things. So there was nearly a 20 year apprenticeship. So absolutely, it wasn't the case of, oh, that's my daughter. She's going in the CEO. No, no. you have to work your way to get.
1: Absolutely. Get and I actually, I was thinking I was, I remembered uh, a meeting with the client and um, we have been, and we were working on the development of the system for months. Um, so he was coming into the office every uh, probably week mm. to tweak the system and yeah. work with IT and i'd say we were probably 6 or 7 months into it and i said something about dad because i call a a at work and i yeah. do at that work yeah. um so i would never refer to him as my dad yeah. and he nearly fell off the chair he had no idea that i was a's daughter you know working yeah, with us yeah. for that length of time so and dublin afforded me that opportunity to be myself yes and i also when i came back i was married and i had a new
0: surname which which yeah which would kinda slightly confuse people then they wouldn't yeah. they would think you're just an employee. Absolutely. Is there pressure when you're taking over a family business, when you're when you're part of that family?
1: There is pressure, but, you know, Caroline and I are very mindful of the, the really the hard work and slog yeah, that A& right. Judith have put in. And to be fair to A& Judith, they've never put pressure on us about the legacy. You know, there's yeah. no expectation that this business is going to be running through 50 generations. Yeah. It's a case of, you know, so I don't feel that pressure. We haven't decided yet what's happening. I mean, my kids are, the eldest is 15, so we still have another couple of years and Caroline's kids are younger again.
0: Yeah. So. um, It's not something that you have to worry about for the time being no, anyway.
1: No, no, it's not. And succession takes a long time and yeah. maybe, maybe for traditional businesses, there's more of a, well, you're, you jump in and cut off. But yeah. with the family business, that cut off is never there actually. Yeah. Because, you know, it was their baby. So. A and Judith are still very involved and big decisions. It's a collective discussion. Yeah. yeah. And, um, which is great. And certainly during COVID to have that support and to be able to, you know, tease our worries out and have, you know, that you were, it was really important to be part of a family. I'm mean, like, we would hope that our team are also feel that family connection. Yeah. That, uh, you know, that when we're, decisions are collaborative and yeah. discussion is collaborative. It's not one person making the decision.
0: And that they don't feel like they're on the outside because I know in certain businesses, people, especially if there's big, big families involved mm-hmm. in in, our, in a company, that the rest of the staff feel that they're on the outside looking in.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: You try not to do that.
1: Yeah, we do. And we have, um, you know, on our um, management team, we have two outside people. Yeah. Um, And I think that's important because we don't, you don't always have all the expertise you no. need in the family. And it's good to have that outside perspective as well. I suppose to a certain degree we we would think the same way. So it's good to have someone um, you know who, who just has a, a different perspective. View because Absolutely, that,
0: that just comes with time and you're it all does. together and stuff yes. like that. And do you split the four fleets and the ASA marketing? Is there kind of like different management teams involved in those, or is it just all leading into the same?
1: We have a, yeah, we have a strategy team for four fleets, yeah. which involves our business development manager, um, Alan. On the IT side, Jody represents the IT team, and then we have uh and A and
0: myself. Um,
1: so it's a different team to the ASA marketing yeah, team.
0: Yeah. How did you find in Like, obviously we have COVID, but even in in the last recession, I'd imagine the first thing that goes is is marketing spend. Because mm-hmm. having been been in marketing for during that period, I know people were cutting budgets all over the place, yeah. and. They were very conscious of not overspending. So I'm thinking merchandise would be probably one of the first things. Promotional merchandise would be we'll we'll park that for the time being.
1: It was the first thing to go and it's yeah. probably one of the last things to come back. Yeah. But at the same time, that's why having two streams to the business is really important. You haven't got move, yeah. you haven't got all your eggs in the one basket. Yeah. So all through the the history of ASA, I suppose one side has been able to prop the other side up and um and that certainly during covid that was very important now interestingly during covid we went back to our direct mail route routes on the marketing side also, because people were, being were
0: looking absolutely
1: out. Yeah. so you know teams were working from home so the yeah. initial inquiries were well, how do we connect with our employees at home? Yeah, and uh, so we well, we can do that. We have the IT team. We have yeah. all the database infrastructure. We have the supplier partners because we run swag stores and we're shipping we're shipping product out to individuals all the time. Yeah, so we were able to just plug it in
0: and pick pack and ship the items out to individual homes. So you mentioned swag. That idea of, I suppose, when, when I think of promotional products, a lot of the time, and I'd say a lot of our listeners would think the same, they're thinking it's it's to promote a product to sell. But actually, I'd say you've seen the business evolve to actually its internal branding now, is it, as well? It's
1: huge. The internal branding, We like in 2012, we started working with some really big international brands Yeah, and we were surprised as well. I suppose it was a trend coming from the States where all of the merchandise was geared to the staff. Yeah. So they had a facility to buy the merchandise with their company logo on it. Um, okay. And so we facilitated that. And uh, with our partners, we're a member of a, a global organisation called IGC Global Promotions. Yeah. So we have partners all over the world. And our partner in the States was working with this multinational who have an office in Dublin. Yeah. So they asked us to come in and do the EMEA store. So effectively, we Choose the product with the marketing team in the States. Yeah. We have about maybe a hundred SKUs. Yeah. Oh, it's all branded with the company logo and on what it. what would that include? It could be lanyards, notebooks, snap outs, um, clothing, hoodies, pens. A lot of items that say the staff would want to buy themselves, but also if there was a team of 15 or 20 people coming in for a meeting, they and could would just the log are- on.
0: And would the staff actually buy for themselves? They would.
1: They would. And that's becoming a big thing in terms of the culture of organisations that that, it, yeah. that someone would be committed to the company that they're working with yeah. enough to want to buy a branded hoodie or yeah. baseball hat or umbrella.
0: Because um, of the types of companies that they're in, the type, tech and so yeah, on.
1: absolutely. The, the big tech companies, it's a big part of it. And then there would be, like, they would use a lot of swag internally then for yeah, yeah, meetings yeah, yeah, and yeah. and that. So... So people are used to, I suppose they were dressed down a little bit where they were wearing hoodies in the office with the logo on them and T-shirts. And so So that's that's, a big change. That's a big change. Now, we did see a big change during COVID as well, because it went from sort of the group purchasing down to individual purchases. So we're looking forward to events and conferences coming back that the quantities will start to rise up again because we hold a lot of stock for them.
0: And do you hold it in Cork or do you hold it somewhere else and, and ship it out? Do you have a warehouse somewhere?
1: We have a warehouse partner in Dublin. Yeah. We were actually doing it in Cork for about four years and just got a handle on what was needed to manage it, but yeah. it got too big. Yeah, So we made the decision to outsource it.
0: Uh, do you deal with businesses of all sizes? So like it's Absolutely. not just these multinationals, do you, like do you get requests from small
1: we companies. do, and we would dea- could deal with a company who might be exhibiting at the ploughing championships and yeah. want five hundred pens or key yeah. rings for that event. Down to a company who are onboarding new staff every month and they yeah. want us to send out a pack of merchandise to their team all over the world. Yeah. So we're very like reliant on the smaller businesses as well. Yeah. Um, we want those. We want the business from the small businesses. Uh, There's great variety and yeah. uh, just lovely to get requests from from different companies. But I suppose our knowledge and experience, we can advise them on what's what's yeah. popular and yeah. what will work for them. And and now we're moving so much more into the sustainable merchandise. So it's all about sustainability. And We have a huge range of sustainable merchandise.
0: Is that like eco friendly type? Precisely. Eco friendly,
1: exactly. So depending on the level of um, buy in you have from your team or or your, what your company ethos is you can go for a product that was recycled or a product yep. that can be recycled or something yep. that was made from recycled material. So there's different degrees of, of um sustainability. But it's a massive it's on the everybody every company agenda now. Um and people having price. having time over COVID to think about it, mm. it's where it's at.
0: I'm guessing that comes at a price as well though, does it? Is it is it slightly dearer than the other type of products?
1: It can be, but You're getting a lot of longevity and uh, we found anyway that most of the products that we we supply, the idea is that it's not just a one hit wonder. You know, you want people to be able to use the products over and over. And there's an element of sustainability in that as well, that if you do a product um, that can be used over and over again, you're contributing to the the system, the ecosystem, I suppose. Yeah, true, yeah. Yeah, um, but certainly sourcing materials where the, the products are ethically sourced and the items are um made from recycled materials, it's becoming more mainstream and there are more options available because a lot of our supply chain now are are investing in, in machines and equipment and product. So there's great offers.
0: So how does that process work, Michelle? Like so when if a company comes to you and they say, Look, we're launching a new product and we want loads of merchandise, where do you get the product from? Like, do you have manufacturers around the world or? And we do. um,
1: Because Ireland, the market is quite small um, mm. our volumes would be small where we can bring product directly in from China. But what we tend to do is work with our distributor partners in Europe. Okay. Yeah. So in a lot of cases, they would have brought that product in from various countries yeah. and then we can order it from Europe and they will brand it at source and in then Europe. we bring it in in Europe. Yeah. Um, now we are dealing with a lot of European factories who are manufacturing also. So that is starting to be to become a big thing yeah. where it's manufactured in the UK or manufactured in Europe. and uh, you know, so that that's important as well for the the air miles um on product. um but yes, so we would look after sourcing the product and then the branding. so be it print, embroidery, laser engraving. And we would advise then, the client on what the best type of um, branding to, to do and and organise it all for them.
0: And have you ever looked at doing that print part here in Ireland?
1: Oh yeah, we did look at uh, we did look at one stage in investing yeah. in machines and that, but that wasn't my thing. Yes, I thought I don't want to be down there laser engraving hearings. Yeah, you know, and and we also felt that we're able to offer a much wider range because we're not stuck into. Yeah, you'd have one. to tie yourself into you'd one. You'd have to tie yourself into one, and we'd have to buy stock, and you know, so this gives us more flexibility. We can we can source what the client needs at any given time, and some of our printing is done in Dublin. There are a couple of emergency printers we have in Cork, if, uh, we, have if we have to. But um, we have some in Dublin that would um, supply and print and embroider.
0: You become experts in logistics. So in terms, that's
1: of that's it. Absolutely, Logi- logistics and supply chain management. It's uh, yeah, I say that to the team. You know that yeah. on your CV, that's what that's, that's effectively what you're, what you're yeah. doing. Um, and you know, at the moment, things are changing ever rapidly with, now particularly with any items coming in from the UK, we're dealing with new customs and uh, uh, delays and it is. Now thankfully we had we had sort of future-proofed and sourced most of our product outside the UK in the lead up to Brexit in case Brexit happened. But some of our suppliers as well have set up entities in Ireland to make it easier for us or they're paying the duties and taxes for us but they have definitely seen a a drop in our business uh, because it's so complicated now.
0: And this year, all we hear about is costs going up all all over the world. That's probably having a huge impact on you as well.
1: It is. It is having an impact. um, And it's, you know, unfortunately, the pricing has to, we have to pass it on if the products are getting more expensive. But there's lots of options as well. So if you have a specific budget that you're working towards, You know the uh, we can offer a different variety of items and suggestions yeah. and yeah. quantities to fit within the budget. So it's uh, it's hopefully not going to be too much of an issue for companies.
0: So I'd imagine the last two years you were probably quiet on the sales front in terms of going out knocking on doors. In general, though, how how would you get new customers? Is networking something that you'd be big into?
1: Yes, I love networking and actually had my first Network Cork event in person on last Wednesday, oh. so it was great to be back in the yeah. room again. Yeah, yeah, networking is huge um, and it always has been. So be it the Chamber of Commerce Network, yeah. uh, BNI, even our IGC Global Network. We meet yeah. once a month now uh, with the partners online because yeah. we haven't been able to meet in person. And yeah, it's so much easier to, I suppose, solve a problem when you can ask somebody for help um, yeah, and yeah. just to talk about it. Yeah, I'm a talker. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's um, I like to be able to talk about things.
0: And it can be difficult at some events because I know that maybe the people that you're talking to they're also similar to you in that they're selling something else. Mm. And but I suppose every business needs some sort of promotional items in. in
1: I know, but I don't think I go in I you, you know that way. I don't think you can go into an event like that expecting to sell. I yeah. think it's really just about building the relationships and this the sales will come if somebody can think of you if they have a problem. Yeah. And say, Have you tried Michelle? you know, give Michelle a call and that's that's how a lot of it comes then from
0: referral. Yeah. So And do you do many talks and stuff like that to kind of get your brand out there?
1: Um not many. I yeah. mean, the podcasts, I've done a few this year, okay. which were completely new. So, yeah. becoming um, yeah. so a pro. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But, um, but it's, yeah, it's a new way of doing things, isn't it?
0: And what about social and stuff? Because, OK, you've seen, I suppose, you started as a very traditional business and now you have your own far fleets and database system online, like. What about your marketing for yourselves and getting your own message out there? Have have you embraced the digital world?
1: We have absolutely, um, and we we just in our rebrand in October we re, we redid our website and yeah. we have a shop on the website now. And Granya internally does our social media and she does a fabulous job. So and we do a lot of e shots out to our customers as well yeah. and feeding it back into the yeah. website. And um, so yeah, we find LinkedIn great and yeah. Instagram and Facebook. Um, are good for us. Twitter, we're on all of them really. Yeah. Um, But
0: LinkedIn is probably the one that, from the nature of the business, it's B2B. It is B2B. Yeah. And the email is still working for you as well.
1: The email is still working. Exactly. And the customers like getting the ideas. We just send out a weekly ideas list really. um, And people like to get that. They may not have a requirement now, but then they come back to it and they'd maybe email in on the back of an eShot that went out six months ago.
0: So you've seen new types of products being, I suppose, uh, being requested in the last, say, five years that never even existed before. Like, wh- what are the latest things that people want branded to know to give to their employees or customers?
1: Well, certainly the clothing is a big thing. The yeah. hoodies and the, the T-shirts, the beanie hats um, and drinkware is massive. So any type of coffee cups, the stainless steel water bottles yeah. um, and then all sorts of pens with um, made from recycled material, made from recycled plastics, yeah. Um, even socks, you know, bamboo yeah. socks yeah. and um we've moved away, I suppose, from USBs and conference folders. Yeah. Notebooks are big because more so than diaries even, because you can use a notebook any time of the year. That's
0: right. Yeah.
1: Um and it's interesting because people still like to write things down. Yeah. With all their phones and connections and
0: They do because it's kind of immediate, especially at an event. I think people like to write stuff down, don't they? You probably get a lot of requests for notebooks at conferences.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I I was talking to somebody recently who can't wait to get back in and get the free stuff. (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'd imagine big trade show events must be big feet. Like I'm just thinking your your holiday world type stuff or, you know, as you said, the plowing championship. Mm. People go home from those events like with bag loads of stuff. They do.
1: They do. Yes, absolutely. And even uh, company conferences. Yeah. Do you know where they do a nice gift out to all the attendees?
0: Have you ever seen your products then in unusual places that you've been out yourself somewhere and you say, we made that product or abroad even and you see an Irish brand and it just happens to appear somewhere or.
1: Um, well, certainly umbrellas pop up in unusual spots okay. and um. You know, I remember actually in Dublin one time going just in the car and seeing an ASA umbrella
0: well, <laughs> one, one, your one brand. of our own
1: our own branded yeah. umbrellas, which was like, "Wow, that's brilliant um and not knowing the person underneath it, you yeah, know, yeah. You know? um but um, yeah, I suppose with some of the bigger brands we deal with, we'd see we yeah. would see them around online as well, you know, and people posting different images and the product being in the image at a conference yeah. or you know.
0: And is there research around that in terms of like, you know, that's marketing in a very kind of subliminal way in terms of it's subtle. Mm -hmm. It's below the line, as they'd say. Mm -hmm. It's not intrusive, like it's not interrupting people. The likes of your global kind of branding organization, have they looked at kind of research into that?
1: And certainly in the States, um, the uh, Association for Promotional Product, yeah. Distributors over there have done a lot of research yeah. on recall. Of, yeah, you know, and the figures are very high. Yeah. in terms of somebody recalling a logo of for a product on their desk. Yeah, um, and it is it is huge. So I don't have any particular percentages, but we do for a couple of years. Actually, we were printing them in the front of our brochure just yeah. to give people an idea. Um, but the recall element is 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 really high. Yeah,
0: yeah, because it is like I think people underestimate the power of it. In terms of, as you said, something on someone's desk. I remember years ago, a, a company had a branded something that you you'd probably know what they're called. You lean you you kind of lean your wrist on them while you're on the keyboard.
1: Oh yes, yes. And their
0: brand was across. But for twelve months of the year in my office, I had that look staring at me.
1: Yes, yeah. or a
0: mouse pad.
1: Exactly, or a mug even.
0: Yeah. So, like it's like they're fascinating in terms of like your how many times you're seeing that message every day.
1: Yes. And now with the sustainable product, yeah. you know, you talk about your drinkware, your water yeah. bottle, so your stainless steel water bottle. How many times in a day do you fill that water bottle? Yeah. and Do you use it? And some people would say, oh, well, I have loads of water bottles. Yeah. But if you get a really nice quality one that you're using over and over again, that logo is it's in your head. You know, it's.
0: So if you're chasing a client that maybe your product is worth a bit of money, it's definitely worth the investment.
1: Absolutely. And that's where where the difficulty was during COVID, where you couldn't reach, mm. companies couldn't reach their end users and their, yeah. you know, working from home. And that's why the packs were important. Yeah. Because they were able to, well, I suppose you had to ask the customer to opt in and send yeah. you their home yeah. address and then send something out. So you I suppose it meant the numbers were small that you were sending out, but at least you were sending it to someone who wanted to receive it. Yes. You know, so.
0: And probably in a time when we were all, Going through the motions every day, something new was arriving at the household. It was creating a bit of excitement, probably.
1: It was, absolutely. And it still does. I mean, it's lovely to it's lovely to have the doorbell ring and have something delivered yeah. to your door. And um, w-
0: and whether it's a T-shirt or a, or, a, or a mug or whatever it is, people kind of like those type of products. Absolutely. You know, they're practical. They're they functional.
1: Are. They are, absolutely.
0: And probably in the long term, probably more, I suppose... They're more sustainable if if people are using them again and again and again. It's quite a, a good type of marketing rather than just putting stuff out flyers and mm. things that end up in the bin straight away.
1: Yeah, well, if it's something useful, um, then it is it is used. I mean, even down to a fridge magnet. it's How yeah. long could the, the you know the plumber's yeah. number be on your on yeah. your fridge or your
0: yeah? And mm. have you seen any small companies like that where you're you're even surprised yourself and saying that's clever? Like you know tradespeople. Or boutiques, or whatever, like maybe smaller organizations that are trying to say, do you know, what we'll surprise our customers with with something different. Mm. Have you ever come across?
1: Um. Well, I suppose on the trades people, you've got people doing practical items. So yeah. we do a lot of tape measures and sure. uh, scale rulers, which would be used for architects and engineers. Yeah. So yeah. effectively, they're using that product every single day. Yeah. And it's it's you know it's got the brand name the brand name on it. And for the shops, I suppose cotton bags and uh, bags that can be used again—the jute yeah, bags. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So they're in and out. Then people will use them, and the foldable shopping bags that you can just put in your pocket or put in or your handbag—really
0: t- tiny ones. Yeah, they just yeah. fold
1: into the corner and then pull out into a into a, a bag, and then the 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 little things for your phone.
0: Yeah, and especially the, the younger generation, room. these love these. Are they called Poppets or something? Yeah,
1: well, Pop Socket is the is the, um, the brand name, and then our one, the Snapouts are the.
0: Okay, I didn't realize it. There was a different name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's, it's, I suppose, like anything, the first in tends to get the name associated so with it. Absolutely. Them. Yes.
1: Yeah. But even during COVID, we did a lot of branded masks. We're still doing the masks, yeah. Um, and again, that's advertising.
0: It is, and probably one of the best ways of advertising yes. <laughs> at the moment because all we were looking at was trying to guess who the person is So they're looking at their face, and, exactly, and things like that. Mm. So, what's the future like for for ASA? Like, have you ever thought about acquiring other companies, or do you stay away from that?
1: Um, we haven't. We haven't looked at that uh, to date. Well, I suppose when when i say that we we did buy a company in northern ireland and we bought a company in dublin in the 90s um so we have our base now in northern ireland since the 90s okay. and uh, and buying grassroots in dublin got us into dublin um but so that was an acquisition back then it was then, so, yeah, yeah there were two different acquisitions back then yeah. um and uh, for now it's concentrating on exporting the four fleets um system looking at markets outside of ireland and um On the merchandise side, I suppose it's getting back up again to getting more um, back to events and conferences and kind of more back to normal trading.
0: So in terms of four fleets, would you see that so kind of, would you term it like a SaaS platform just like all the other kind of? It is. Absolutely. Yes. Are you kind of looking down what other tech companies are doing and see, okay, how can we make this bigger?
1: Yeah, well, we're developing all the time. So where the fleet management system was used by the emergency services yeah. for the last couple of years, uh, we're looking at actually individual, um, smaller, independent garages using the system. Yeah. So our system would facilitate sending out um, a, a vehicle health check and a video of your car if it goes in for a service. Whoa. So the independent uh, garage can use our software to to create the videos and to do the communication out to out to the customer. Yeah. So you could effectively approve then the list of items you want to be fixed on your car for a routine routine service. And then you can pay online and that then will feed back to the garage immediately. So you're not waiting for a phone call.
0: Fantastic, yeah.
1: And you're not surprised when you go to pick up the car that it's going to cost an extra couple of hundred euro.
0: And have you started to roll that out with people already?
1: Yes, it's already happening. Yeah. Um, and uh, at the moment, we're working with a group of parts distributors. Yes. So they're working with end user garages. Yeah. Um. So that started. And uh, we're also launching a new uh, event system for managing HGVs, the big uh, heavy goods vehicles, so they have their tax and insurance for renewal of your tax and insurance and your CVRT um, and the information uh, licensing around the use of those vehicles. So we now have created a platform, um, an online platform for measuring all of that um, and keeping their customers up to date. It's really
0: interesting how the whole, you know, your father started in the car industry and now the future looks like the whole management of vehicles again in yes. terms of like that's where your expansion
1: it is yeah. and we're also i suppose future proofing for electric vehicles yes. and um you know they're still going to have to be maintained yeah um but it means that a fleet can get their vehicles maintained in different garages and they're not just stuck to one manufacturer or one garage and they yeah. can measure they can manage all of that through our system
0: and are you dealing all in house in terms of software development on this or do you have to acquire certain skills from elsewhere
1: We're doing it in-house. We have uh, four full-time developers in-house. Yeah. So we're looking to recruit. Um, Yeah. yeah, We're building our team there and um, it's very exciting.
0: And do you get people like me currently here No, surprised that ASA are kind of going down that road? You know, it's not associated with you.
1: Well, you see, I suppose you mentioned the below the line advertising. So all the marketing, direct mail, it was all below the line. It was all below the surface because we were doing it on behalf of other clients. Yes. So uh so it's not surprising that you don't know about it. Yeah.
0: Um
1: but what we're doing now on the marketing side um is is trying to, I suppose, promote both sides of the business and yeah. and show that they're independent. Yes. Um so it's a tricky it's I'm wearing two hats.
0: And he's separating them out in terms of even, you know, websites, socials yes. and all of that. Yes,
1: they're completely different. Yeah. Um and we have uh we have a social media, different social media team working on the four fleets. Yeah, we have not outsourced that to uh, a guy who's looking after that.
0: So there'll be a lot of, I suppose, lead generation in that area. More mm. so, you're trying to acquire leads. Whereas they ma- don't
1: really mix over. Yeah, you know, they're they're two kind of they're completely different markets. Yes. Well, you could say we could sell promotional merchandise to those that are using yes. the platform, but I suppose in the customer's head, they're they're two completely different. Four fleets
0: is very niche in many ways. Yes, and maybe ASA is kind of very. I suppose it it's it appeals to a mass audience. It does, yes. Obviously different sectors within that, but there is a mass audience there that you can go after from the multinationals down to the SMEs. Yes. It's an yeah. exciting time though. Yes, it is. And how many staff have you in total across all the different offices um,
1: now? We've kind of about 16 now yeah. after
0: COVID. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hopefully we'll be building that up again.
0: So you're you're looking to build up, acquiring more software engineers mm-hmm. and, and hopefully that'll keep growing as the, the years move on. Yes. I finish every podcast with two questions. And the first one is, what advice would you give to another business to build a brand?
1: I suppose tooting our own promotional merchandise yes. horn, it's a very inexpensive way of getting your logo out there. Yeah. And if you can find a product that is suited to the audience that you're trying to target yeah. then sending them something with a clever message, it makes sense and it's got a longevity and d- definitely helps get your brand out there
0: should they research what their audience might like before they actually purchase products?
1: Yes, or they if they if they have research that's great, and if they don't, I and mean, we have lots of ideas, um, yeah, in, terms in terms of, of what's what, trending or whatever, what's trending, and um, different types of items that we've done for clients, um, so it's um, yeah, we can absolutely guide people in the right direction.
0: And does it make? brands more professional looking from the outset if they start in that way when when I'm, i know there's a lot of startups listen to this as well and maybe they think about all the online uh, marketing promotions but maybe getting some of the traditional stuff ready before they launch could be a good idea as well
1: yes and i know budgets are always tight when yeah. you're when you're starting off but i suppose if you're building a community something as small as a little pin badge yeah. um with the with the logo on it it's all about like brand recognition yeah, and um, trying to find that suitable, yeah. suitable product.
0: And the second question I have is what tip would you give an individual and in particular, I think from your own background, maybe advice for somebody that maybe is currently in the family business and, and doesn't, you know, maybe they're only after entering the family business. What tip would you give somebody like that?
1: Well, I would say just not to rush it and yeah. to, I suppose, listen to what your parents are have done and are yeah. doing yeah. Um, and try and, I suppose, learn from that experience and build up your own network, build up your own identity. So Separate? That, yeah. So that people get to know you as a person and that you're not just in under the yeah. the family. I think that was that's important. And to have done, I suppose, A and Judith were... Always wanted us to have done something else before we went into the
0: business that it didn't. We didn't just go straight in. Straight in, yeah. Um, but it's it's that idea of building that brand, building your own brand, and may, maybe getting those sales for yourself or whatever it is mm. that you have to do.
1: Yeah, and starting at the starting at the bottom, I suppose. I went. I worked in all the different areas of the business. Yeah. So got to know all the different. You know, I worked in sales, and I worked in the the database side, and I worked on the account management side, yeah. and. You have to build up the loyalty of your team as well and show yeah. show the team that you're prepared to roll up your sleeves and get in there and do what they're doing. Yeah. And that you can't just come in and, well, I suppose it depends on at what stage you're coming in. Yes. I came in at the very start of my career, so... Yeah. I did work up, so I suppose it might be different if you've already worked in lots of places and you're and coming in. Yeah.
0: You're coming
1: in more senior yeah. to take it over. Yeah. That's a different but but you have to build the the trust of your team.
0: And I'm guessing as CEO, it makes it easier if you do understand all those different elements and the components and how things work.
1: Absolutely. Your job is to help everybody, yeah. help your team and be yeah. there to support people from behind. Yeah. Um so, you know, you have to be able to answer those questions and and try not to Give the answers, try and help people to find the answers themselves so that they can do it for themselves the next time.
0: Well, look, it's exciting to see that after nearly nearly 40 years the business, 38 yeah, years, is yeah. it? It's going from strength to strength and diversifying into new areas. And um, I'm looking forward to see where it goes over the next 10, 20, <laughs> 30, 40, whatever. And maybe your kids will get involved at some point. Who knows? It's been Who fantastic knows. to have you on the show, Michelle.
1: Thanks so much. I really enjoyed it it was great the time flew
0: thanks for listening to this week's episode of the 24 stories podcast don't forget to subscribe to the show and get in touch with us on facebook instagram twitter and linkedin at 24 stories tribe i'll be back next week with a brand new guest